Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. On this episode of the Note Show Podcast, we take it back with the two guys who started it all for some of the most legendary hoopers. David and Dana Pump were pioneers of the AAU scene in L.A. in the late 80s and early 90s. With what began as a scouting service, the Pump Brothers recognized a need to provide organized basketball and a pipeline to put West Coast players on the national stage. With the Pump and Run, they did exactly that. From James Harden and Paul George to Clay Thompson and, of course, a prodigy from the Valley, you might have heard of Gilbert Arenas himself. Gilb gives big props to the Pump for what they did for him and a long line of L.A. players. We get to know how they built it, where they knew it would go in the system as it is today. The guys also share a great perspective on Gil's journey from L.A. to Arizona and his stardom in D.C. And they want to see him back in the picture with the Wizards. So do a lot of people. It's a long overdue, very insightful edition of the No Chill Podcast. You see Gil, as you rarely do, looking up to the guys who gave him his start. Remember, you can get every episode as soon as they drop by subscribing on the Himalaya app. It's Himalaya time, so be sure to subscribe on Himalaya or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to the No Chill channel on YouTube if you haven't already. And be sure to catch No Chill with Gilbert Arenas every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern on FUBO. Welcome to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. I'm Mike Botticello. It's a very special show tonight. But before we get into that, here's Gilbert Arenas. How you guys doing? Would you agree it's a special show tonight? Yes. Why? Because we have the Pump Brothers here. And here, before we do this, fellas, Gil, who's who? David Dana. 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 This <laughs> <laughs> is a coin flip, man. I mean, yeah, you can try. 50, 50, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're very happy to have you guys here. It's been, uh, man, like 23 years in the, in the making on this. So to give everybody some backstory here, Gilbert, you got your A, you start, you were put on the map. You were a kid taken out of the valley, put into the L.A. scene with the pump and run. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll never forget uh, his uh, high school coach, Howie Levine, who worked for the L.A. Dodgers for 30 years, called me up one day and said, hey, there's a kid at our school. You guys should come watch. And I'll never forget going over there. And he was wearing running shoes. And, uh, you know, I kept reading about him. And then I went and watched him. And then I think when he really, um, really got a, a name in the San Fernando Valley is when they played Crenshaw in the playoffs. I think Gilbert blew up, had 40, 50 points. With running shoes on. <laughs> With running shoes. And I just thought um, the Gilbert Arenas uh, story began, and uh, it was a great journey. Now I look at, uh, uh, you know, the Valley High School. You know, uh, you know, you had a bunch of just guys on the team, and Gilbert went into Crenshaw that day, and it was the playoff game and, and almost beat Crenshaw single hand I think he had like 50 points yeah, yeah. and and then the other one that plateaued him in the world scene was uh, uh the NIT game 
that was on ESPN when uh, early season, like the uh, Thanksgiving game, and that's where I think the world started to see Gilbert Arenas and the, the, the seed has been planted. And, and, and I, I think Gilbert, from, from the beginning of his career to the end of his career, you know, everyone's a little, all the great ones are a little quirky. And we all know Gilbert's a little quirky and he's a little different, but that's what made Gilbert so great. And, uh, you know, I can reflect on so many great stories, but I remember he came in and uh, I was with his dad, Big Gil, and we went to the Laker game and uh, he had 50 points. And I remember the, the Laker crowd gave him a standing ovation and Gil bowed. And this is you know, 60 points. So 60 yeah. points. And uh, so, you know, Gilbert has some great moments. There's no question. But in his mind, like you said, he was a star. In his mind, he was already there. So he was a diamond. <laughs> he was he was in the rough. You guys found him in the rough. Yeah, you, you know, I think when we played AAU basketball, Gilbert had to go to summer school, and we brought him up to Vegas and so forth, and he played on the pump and run team. And With I Mike think, Dunleavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mike Dunleavy, but I think that gave Gilbert a platform where people around the country got to see him. And, uh, you know, nobody – Gilbert was not a top 100 player, and – you know, when he was going to Arizona, originally he was going to go to DePaul University, and I was friends with Pat Kennedy, and, and Gil was a late bloomer, and Pat Kennedy's mom died, and they canceled the trip. And then Jay John, who was the assistant in Arizona at the time, uh, called and said, hey, we want to bring Gilbert uh, for an official visit. And once Gilbert went there, it, it was... Uh, so It was a great fit, you know. It was a guard university, you know, it was a it was a no-brainer. But I want to talk about the greatest party ever. <laughs> you can have all these Jay-Z and all these great parties. Gilbert Arenas' birthday party. I still have the black American Express. For all these young ballers talking about throwing a party, Gilbert flew David and Dana Pump at the Ritz-Carlton in Georgetown. He put all his friends up there. <laughs> and what a party. It was at Club Love, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And who were the performers? Back then it was, uh, this is the funny part. So Lil Wayne opened up because he had the smaller name. Then it was Game, Busta Rhyme, and then T.I. finished. Wow. And this was 2007. 2000, yep. And that's Two, when the Maybach was just going. And Gilbert pulled up. Yeah, yeah. Typical Gilbert. At 12 o'clock, pulled <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. up in a Maybach. Club closed at two. But also, there were no photos or videos really of this. Well, there was, it was way before cell phones right. and, you know, it was those camera phones, you know, like, like Canon phones. Yeah, and, and, and back and then TikTok, it, was, um, it was because it was invite only, enjoy, you know, a bunch of big wigs. So it was like, let's just keep the media uh, out of it. I mean, people that knew Gilbert. Uh, I think Gilbert, um, his story, um, it's, uh, you know, there are some peaks and valleys. and uh, Great documentary. You, you know, as we're here to say, you know, Gilbert had three phenomenal years where he was the top five player in the NBA. And then, you know, Gilbert had some issues and so forth. And, you know, we're sitting here today and hopefully Gilbert can continue to use this platform to, you know, hey, I've made mistakes, but I'm, I'm now here to talk about them, and I'm going to do things to use my platform to help people. 
And I think by him doing this podcast, having people on, because um, he has a great story. I mean, I look back, uh, that's when we had the package was just coming out with the NBA, and I would watch your games uh, from L.A., I think at 4 o'clock. And Gilbert was like one of the first players after every game would give his uniform to mm-hmm. a fan. He was so engaged, a fan favorite. And I, I disagree with Dave. I think he was maybe the top two or three, one, two or three players of that time. I mean, his numbers, if you did analytics from that era, I mean, and Gilbert had a woo. When he went to those cities, the ticket sales were huge, especially going back to Golden State, back home, mm-hmm. Lakers, Clippers, Sacramento. I mean, yeah. it was a, it was a wow. Uh, I remember when Michael played and when he would, because those teams didn't come out here a lot. You know, Chicago, I think they came once a year to play, Mm -hmm. and it it was a big deal. And I I felt the effect. I remember, you know, it was a big deal for the pumps to go see Gilbert. Uh, You know, when they're younger, our relationship changes when you get in the NBA and all this money and agents and, you know, the, the girlfriend at the time. But... I can honestly say Gilbert has never changed the Pump Brothers. When we started our foundation, and we know every pro player in the world, Gilbert Arenas was always the first one to support us. My father died. Gilbert was there to support us. So uh, I was so excited to be here with David today and give you some love that you deserve. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And, and I think the thing for you guys that's got to be the most special is to discover him and where he came from and then see where he got to on the biggest stage into that point of, of status of one of the best players in the league. You know what, like when people say, I just think we gave Gilbert a platform. But, you know, Gilbert, you know, we can give a lot of people a platform, but then Gilbert's got to put the work in and the time in. And, you know, Gilbert did that. And, uh, you know, going to Arizona and having an amazing, you know, freshman year and, he blossomed. You went there two years, two right, years. And I, I just think the University of Arizona was another great platform. And to play for the legendary Lute Olsen really helped Gilbert. And, um, you know, I, I remember Gil played UCLA, USC, and he, he just went off. And I, and I just think the pump and run double pump platform was the first start. And then him going to Arizona was another great platform. But then, you know, no one really talks about is, you know, Gilbert – Went in the second round. He had to prove himself he all He talks over. about it. He, had, he, he, he <laughs> reminds to, us. He, and he to, didn't get the big money with these guys who were making the first round. Mm-hmm. So he goes and plays for a good friend of ours, Eric Musselman. Yep. And, you know, like most 19-year-old kids, you're very immature. You got money. You know, you got fame. You got women. You know what I'm saying? So he goes to Golden State. But his time per minute was extraordinary. And uh, I remember... I went up one time and Eric was on the treadmill and he's like, man, you got to talk to your boy Gil. You got to talk to your boy Gil. So Coach <laughs> Musselman really stuck with you and believed, yeah. you know, and, you know, you had Jason Richardson, you had yeah, Murphy. Yeah, yeah, Trey Murphy. So wait, wait a minute, talk to Gil about what? You laugh. I know yeah, what you're thinking, yeah. Because we were bumping heads because, like, he's a new coach. You know, like most of young coaches, they... He was your age. I mean, yeah, he was a young kid. He was a young, you know, he's a young guy, so... The young guy's like, I don't want to put my my career with this young guy. I, I want to put it with veterans and stuff like that. So I remember he brung in um, Earl Boykins, where he used, you know, they played together in, 
you know, overseas. So he, he knew what Earl did. So he was like, well, I can't trust the young kid like that. So at first it was like this little battle, like play me three minutes, play me five minutes, play me this, you know, and I wasn't really getting my time as a starter. So I was, I was off the rocket. So I was like, all right, well, when I get in, it's just going to be one, four flat. I'm not passing on the ball. So if you're going to play me four minutes, I'm going to play four minutes of one, four flat selfish basketball that y'all can play y'all team. So, so, so Eric couldn't talk to me. I was done. I said, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm mentally out. I'm playing my own type of basketball. And then that's when he had to, you know, you got to talk to him, keep him. Yeah, <laughs> but, 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 but I, I think uh, Coach Musselman was the first one to believe in, in mm -hmm. Gilbert. And, you know, Gilbert needed a little discipline. He needed a little kick in his ass. And I think when he was with the Warriors, they had three really good young players with Troy, Jason Richardson, and Gil. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they were, for a young age and for young players, they were contributing. And I think Gil's confidence level started going great. So because he was a second rounder, um, you know, after his uh, second year, if I'm not, second or third second year, year. See, he became a free agent. And, uh, you know, I knew Ernie Grunfeld, and I go way back with Ernie. And I think Golden, I mean, uh, the Warriors. I don't think they could imagine. I mean, the, 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 the Wizards gave him the keys and uh you know he played for eddie jordan to start mm -hmm. his career and so forth and you know gil had some great times there and, and he had some dark days there too mm -hmm. but what you guys just mentioned was that muscleman believed in him but you guys believed in him first yeah and what he wanted to know from when he said talk to your boy was because you guys knew the potential and it was like you have to realize in this moment you can maximize it if you, you just just focus you know like when we were in vegas you know then you're starting to play against these big-name guys. And when we were relevant in the AAU basketball and we had the influence, there was, there was no Under Armour team. There was no Nike team. Mm -hmm. yep. It was the pumps. Yep. So it was we were, we were picking and choosing our guys. And even with, you think about Mike Dunleavy played 15 years in Gilbert. We never won any major <laughs> tournaments. But, you know, you, know, you look at them, the, the two great guards and... Uh, but then, you know, when, you know, I give credit to Dan Fagan. He got a great payday. He goes to the Wizards, and the Wizards are all in. You know, Tommy Shepard, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the president of the team, they were all in with Gilbert. And, and, and you know what, Gil, you know, we can sit here and, and, and talk about, you know, what went wrong and so forth. But, you know, to sit here and say, you know what, for three years, you made first team NBA. This is a kid from North Hollywood High School that no one thought he was going to play college basketball. That you know was a great you know for a five-year period, and then you know Gil had some his knee issues and he had some legal issues and, and things went downhill. But um, you know I I loved watching Gilbert. He was so exciting. He made some half-court shots, and he was great. And, you know, he wanted the ball at the end of the game because he loved making big shots. And, uh, you know, it was a great joy to, to see. I would go to the games with Big Gil. We'd fly into there, and Gil would put us on the court. And uh, But, you know, those were some great days. What was that tournament in Carson? Um, th that was the pump-and-run tournament oh. at, at Cal State Dominguez Hills. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, on our team... You know, you know, we, we Gilbert and we had, you know, we had a lot of NBA players from Clay Thompson 
to Mike Dunleavy, Paul James George, Harding, Paul George, to Paul George, yeah. Trevor Reason, Trevor Reason, Nick Young, the the, um, the the holidays. We had a lot, a lot of great Spencer Dewitty and so forth. But all Gilbert, Valley kids. <laughs> yeah, all Valley kids. That's a common yeah, thread. Yeah, most of them. But Gilbert was right here. He was a San Fernando Valley kid, and you know the San Fernando Valley's had some great players, and now with the success of Sierra Canyon, but a lot of those kids didn't grow up here. You know, mm -hmm. they imported, but Gilbert grew up here, and, you know, he used basketball um, to get where he is today. Like, I'm, 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 I used to beef with, who's it, Richard? I remember Richard, because he was like a, because because I was on a pump turn, I was on a pump team, so when they did the all-star selection, let's say if it was top 20, I was number 20. If it was top 15, I was number 15. If it was top 10, I was 10. So look, it was, the funny part is, I was like, man, you only making it because you're on their team. I was like, most likely I'm leading this camp in scoring, but my team kind of sucks right now. <laughs> but I was getting a little edge in. I was like, yeah, baby. Are you Richard Jefferson's age? Nah, he was one year older, because yeah. I remember when I went to go visit him, he was like, you're the dude at the end of the bitch in every all-star game, everybody's asking, how did he and make it. Yeah. I was like, eh. <laughs> you got to know the right people, baby. <laughs> Relationships. Yeah. yeah, Relationships. Early lesson. You know, with Gilbert, um, his attitude now is the same attitude. You know, he didn't care who he played against. He went up there and uh, he gave it his all. And uh, he had hey, Kobe was a rookie when you were. I was a was I was a junior in high school still. Yeah. Because I remember, yeah, because I remember when he came in, when he broke his hand, I broke mine next week. <laughs> I think for you, I don't know, have you guys been called pioneers before, but I want to get back to, to your story and how you pioneered the AAU circuit, especially here in, in L.A. Um, you were just young guys, obviously brothers. Yeah, you know, you, we, we were young. Our mentor was Sonny Vaquero, who kind of started the whole landscape of the whole grassroots AAU basketball. And Dan and I, you know, there was two of us, and... You got to remember in L.A. there were some great players, players that didn't make it, like uh, Kenny Bruner mm -hmm. and, and so forth. And Sam you know, Crawford. Sam Crawford, Avondre Jones. So there were some great players. And we ran in a period of time where there were some great players. You know, there were some great players that didn't play for the pump and run team. But, you know, and, we started off with a scouting service, so we were giving information to all the college coaches. Then we started running tournaments. And then we had our pump and run team, and then we had exhibition teams. So yeah, we're playing against one. And our, you know, for you know, several years, David and I had a great influence, getting guys jobs, hiring search firms. We had a search firm, but you know, we we look back, that was a great era. You know, we we did a lot of good in basketball, and we've taken those relationships and transferred it to our agency now, and all the things we're doing with our family foundation with cancer. and But, uh, you know, I always say it's all about relationships. Mm -hmm. And what's great, like, uh, you know, when we used to go to, like, an all-star game and it was James or Paul George and Gilbert, that's, I mean, I can speak for my brother. We would get a lot of joy out of that because, you know, we, we might not call Gilbert every day and hang out. We just had a great dinner the other day at, at Joey's, but uh, I think there's a lot of love yeah. You know, at the end of the day, the pumps were there. And I give Big Gil a lot of credit. Big Gil drove him everywhere. And, uh, you know, you know, God, Gilbert, we, we just had a platform. Gilbert just used that platform. And, 
got to Arizona, then Arizona got to the NBA. Yeah, yeah, it was you know because back then, <clears throat> you know there was you had you know you guys' program, and then you had like the Cavs program, and I played Park League. Sure, did. you know I played Park League, and then I played um, ARC, ARC, yeah. you know so. To me, that was my world. So when when they came in and opened up this whole like like wait what is this? You know it was a, it was shocking at first. Like like you got thirteen year olds dunking. Like what what sport is this? This going, is going to Vegas. Yeah, going to Vegas and you know see, I'm at I'm eat at, anything you want. <laughs> yeah. the buffet. Where is this happening? <laughs> I go back to school like I'm the man. <laughs> yeah, but you know like Dana just said, you know Big Gill gets a lot of credit because Big Gill. You know, worked at UPS. Is that mm -hmm. correct? You know, his his love and joy was Gill, and you know, he took Gill and and so forth. And you know, it's a great story. Yeah, you know, like unlike parents today, um, my dad didn't interfere with. He didn't try to control anything. It was like you got a game at eight o'clock. Let's go. Go drop me off. Watch the game. Drive me home. We got a game over here. Because, you know, back then, AAE, we played six games in one day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he stayed for all of them, even if he had to miss and cancel stuff. You know, I never missed a game. You know, even when, you know, get Vegas, he made sure I got to Vegas, made sure they summer school, get your ass back to summer school. And I'm like, we're in the final four. What are you talking about? Nope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so the thing I wanted to talk to Gilbert about is, um, you know, the passing of Kobe Bryant. Um, and, and I know you took that hard. And, you know, Dane and I knew Kobe a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I think his passing, and one of the things I've, you know, listened to you and watched some of the things you've said is you want to, like, ins use his platform and the way he was doing his training to pass it along to other kids. Yeah, you know, um, when, when, you know, the guy I watched from my rookie season all the way to the end, just watching him train, you know, being in the gym when the cameras are not there, watching how hard he went, you know, so we had this connection. So, you know, when we're, you know, both retired, both done, and, you know, he's talking about, you know, you know, give give your brain back to the, the sport. And I'm sitting like, ah, I don't, don't want to, I, I, I just want to be a parent. And then, you know, you're seeing him coach. And you're thinking, 400, 500 million dollar man could be doing anything, but he's sitting here coaching his daughter. Who, who, who am I? You know, to sit here and say, I want to be a parent, don't, don't give back. You know, and that's, that's when I was like, you know what, let me just go ahead and just, you know, follow in his footsteps. And, you know, he, he sees something in me that I don't see, so. Now, can you imagine the father love he's giving the, his children? I mean, when I've talked to him, I just bring up his children because that's your joy now in life, yeah. seeing them play and, you know, the AAU, what team, <laughs> what yeah. high school he's going to go to. And, you know, I just uh, always had love for Gil and his family, and it's great that he's in another part of his life now. Uh, I call it, like, the third period of life. And I think the common thread there is that family. And what it comes back to is the way you grew up with your dad and as a coach, coaching your own kid, that's one of the best rewards you can ever have in sports. Also, you're gonna coach your kid better than you're gonna coach other kids because you're connected to them. Mm -hmm. So for players now, after their, their competitive days are over, you can see why Kobe found that's not only a challenge, because you know the guy loved challenges, but it's also 
the best reward I can get from the sport at this point is not only passing the game on, but seeing it in my kids and see, you know, their basketball journey. No, no question. I think that's what Gilbert started, and hopefully he can continue to do that and give back because someone ahead of him helped him, and now he can help other game people. Game was great to Gil. Yep. Well, to bring a full circle, look at you guys, thinking of that kid, that diamond <laughs> yeah. in the rough that you found in the valley, to sitting here now talking about him giving back yep, to the game. Hopefully I can find one in the, you know, in the valley too and yeah. push him on through. That's what he's looking for too, actually, the next. Yep. The next I was gonna say, you go all the way around and Adidas still. Gil, are you familiar with the term from ashy to classy? From of course. That's right. Yeah. I could say that about, I'll say that about myself. You could say that about yourself if you want to. I was never ashy. Right. Mm. Wasn't classy. I've seen you on certain days and you are a little But ashy. I wasn't classy, classy. <laughs> now I am. Okay, well, I can say right now, you got the glow, T. Got the glow. Me too. It's not just a summer tan. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed my, the, the melanin kicks in. The melanin certain, kicks certain, in? Certain okay. time of the year. Okay. And right now, I got that shine to me. Why? Mm. Because of Lumen. All right? And here's a cold, hard truth, guys. Your skin has needs. If you want it to look as good as possible for as long as possible, you need to address them now. We get it. You might not know where to start, but there's a company that's taking all the guesswork out of it for you. That's Lumen. Lumen is on a mission to help give men the amazing skin they deserve through high-quality, expert-created products delivered right to your door. All of their products are formulated specifically for men's skin to target men's skin issues with maximum efficiency using top-notch ingredients like charcoal, green tea, and vitamin C. What do you know about vitamin C? I have gray skin. It's good for you. I mean, I have gray skin, so I know. Oh, because you use it. Obviously. There we go. And it's not just about looking good, it's about feeling good. You need good skin health, especially as you get older, to prevent long-term damage. Even if you have no idea where to begin, Lumen makes it look easy to find right skin management system for you. Use from different skin concerns to address or just pick up Simple Starter Pack for free. And you can be this classy. You deserve to look good and feel your best, and here's where to go. Check out lumenskin.com slash no chill. To get a one-month free trial of everything you need to start your skincare journey at home. That's lumen.com slash no chill. To get your first month free, lumen.com slash no chill from ashy to classy. Stay classy. All right, Gil, so we were in the gym the other day, and I noticed that you were putting in work. It's beach season, so I, I think that's the motivation there. <laughs> uh -huh. How are you feeling today? I'm, I'm actually hurting, sore, woke up, couldn't sleep last night. It's funny you say that. I got just the thing. There you go. Thank you. Fire that up. I hope you don't mind while you're talking mm -hmm. and trying to explain what it does. That's the Theragun Gen 4, Gil. How are you feeling right now? It feels good. You feel years younger at this point because you need to. But it's because you've been so active. That's so that's the perfect yin and yang. You put in the work, you need to recover. Let's just be honest. This is better than a girlfriend right now. So why is it that you use the Gen 4? I know, get rid of some of these knots and sore, you know, muscles that I'm having from, you know, trying to play at my age. Father time is undefeated. Yes. But at least you can beat him for a couple, <laughs> couple a couple battles. <laughs> a couple battles you can, you know, go out there and, 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 and face him. That's right, because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun 
relieves your deepest muscle tension while using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now, it's just as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's all because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet, you wonder if it's even on. Is it on right now? Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. So to get on us, we got something for you. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's a no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need. Starting at only $199, only $199. Go to theragun.com slash chill. Just chill. Just chill. Because you want to chill mm -hmm. at home with your Gen mm -hmm. 4 right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash chill. Chill, everybody. Theragun.com slash chill. So knowing what you guys know and knowing, you know, how you've seen the landscape evolve over the years, what's the advice you would give Gilbert at this point? You know, I would just continue to use your platform to help people. I think uh, continue to do good, use this platform, raise some beautiful kids, enjoy life, and, uh, you know, get, I think he needs to get back with the Wizards as an ambassador. The Wizards need him. When I leave here, I can't wait to call Tommy and say, Tommy, <laughs> you know, with us lockout, you should come out and just, Gilbert should be part of the Wizards. And that's his legacy, his banner. Gilbert Arena stay, the Wizards. Bobblehead Day, bring him back, and he will enjoy the love those fans will give him when he walks. I guarantee it. I'm so glad you guys put that out there because I think of all the organizations in the league, that's one of them that just, they need some stimulation. They need some life there in D.C. It's been a while. I mean, yeah. I know what they have with John and Brad. Like, they got a nice core there, um, but it's just more of that this is their cultural history. relevance. It, it, it's, 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 it's the personalities, you know. It's, it's the personalities that could connect, you know, I, I talked to John about it. He's like, man, what did you do? <laughs> He's like, what did you do? He's like, I don't care how much I score. Everyone is always like, you're behind Gilbert. He's like, what? what? I, don't, I can break all your records. He's like, what did you do? And I just said, it's, it's, the, it's the relationships outside. Yeah. With the fans. You got to understand change. the fans. You got yeah. to understand that, you know, the fans are what, what, what retires you. You know, yeah. you're... Yeah, the organization can retire. The fans, you know, being retired in fans' homes, you know, is 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 really what it is. No question. And I think there's two very rare ingredients. Not only his basketball IQ, I think, which is something that probably caught your guys' attention all those years ago, but also, like you said, he's quirky. So in the quirky, in the sense of that can connect to people, you know, and that can, you can handle a lot of responsibility. You can handle the fan attention and use it, you know, as fuel. So to see that, like, that's what teams need to build off of is the component. You got to be able to take care of business on the floor, but also be a leader, you, you know, you're in related the organization. To yeah, yeah, you know, like, going back to the organizations, like, I, you know, <clears throat> like, I try to mention that what the game misses in sports is they miss the greatness that comes through. You don't bring it back. Like, you know, Google's going to have the smartest brains, you know, in the computer world in there. In their in their house, when it comes to sports, you know the the Scottie Pippins, the Gary Paytons, the 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 
the Mies, the you don't have them back in there teaching your young stars where they fail. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, move this way, train this way. You know, you got somebody who averaged two points. He can't really tell you much about how to look at the game. He can only see it from his vision, not the guy who averaged 30. Like, you know, like, like, like when, I, when Bill got snubbed, I knew what to say to him to get him going. Like, you, you, you know how you feel at home right now? Let that burn dictate the rest of your career. And then I said, you use that to never feel that way again. You train so you never, how you feel right now, never feel it again. So if you were shooting 300 shots, now you know how to shoot 800 shots a day. Make it burn, make the, and then he goes out there, 40, 50, 40, 50, 50, 40. Yeah. I said, that's, that's what that guy who's been there before can tell you and teach you. You know what I mean? Someone who's just, oh, Bill, maybe next year. No, nah, that's not the next year we talk about. You got to finish this year off to let them know how you, what, what you meant to them. You know, and I say that's what games, the game is missing is the guys who can really put, like Scottie Pippen teaching Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and them, his techniques of what he did back then. That helps, you know, your organization and those players who's trying to learn. Please so do. one of the questions is, you know, now it's different, but when Gilbert was playing, most players wore high top. Gilbert was in the, one of the first stars of his generation to always wear low tops. And uh, what was the reason you always loved low tops? It started off because, you know, during school, when, uh, when it's basketball season, you know, all, you know, like if you, was, if you had a big foot, everyone tied their, it was goofy, everyone tied their shoes and it made it look really big. So I was like, I don't want basketball shoes. I just want running shoes so I can look cool. And I remember we were playing in the, um, outside at lunch and I, I was actually balling, jumping higher, felt faster. So that's when I kept ordering. I don't want the basketball joints. Just give me all running shoes and I'm gonna play in them. And then that became the legacy, just running, just playing in running shoes. It just, I just seemed fat, I just, I just seemed faster. I didn't have to worry about spraining my ankles. Like, I'm just running straight. The running shoes run. Okay. At the end of the day, Gilbert, are you a wizard or are you a wildcat? Wizard. Love that. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wizard. Um, you know, you, I, even with a wildcat, I'm, I'm a Ludolson guy. Yeah. You know, when Ludolson stopped coaching, I is like, yeah, I still represent U of A, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Ludolson guy. You know what I mean? I just, you know, I'm the loyalty to the people who are loyal to Gilbert, me. Gilbert, so. when, when do you think it's time to go back to Washington? And because all these kids grew up with your adults now, and I think your love, love. You know, from Washington would be amazing. And I think it's time, you know, everyone in life um, gets, you know, second, third opportunities. And yeah, Tommy Shepard on this. Yeah. And yeah, you know, so I, 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 talked to, I talked to Tommy. We talk, we talk a bunch. Um, we talked about, about two weeks ago. Um, I remember I did the uh, story um, about Ernie Grunfield, and I was like, I can't say anything bad about, about the guy. I mean, no matter how I end it, it has nothing to do with our relationship. We did, you know, it was like we did 99 things right. Though I can't argue about the one thing I did wrong. That's, I'm not young anymore, so I understood that. Same thing with Tommy. It was like, you know, we, we had our good days. It's now, it's your turn. You have to make the right decision for the organization. You know, what moves you're going to make. You know, there's some tough decisions you got to make within your organization anyway coming up. Um, you know, so, you know, the talk's just going. I think it was more on me. They thought, you know, I think they think I still 
disliked him, but I, you know, nah, I, you know, I, send me my shorts. You know, I still get my package of shorts and jerseys. Yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why not? Yeah, because, <laughs> because you know, so many kids is both Dan and I growing up, and it's it's funny like Jamal Wilkes, Magic, James. You know, I'm friends with all of them, but you know, I grew up. Those were my child heroes, and I think Gil has so many kids. His that, fan base is tremendous. And it's in that time. DC, yeah, in that DC area, yeah. It's time to get and, back. And what you talk about was you were more than just a ball player, you were an attraction, you know, and sold tickets and a personality that kids were fans of just because of your personality. Yeah, it was the personality that, you know, that that's an NBA player who actually talks to us. He'd sit down and talk and give us jerseys and do this. And, you know, it wasn't the he made it now, you know, I remember was it the Shaq and David Robinson story? You know, you know, Shaq goes up to Dave Robinson, can I get an autograph? And he sell, tells him no. I was like, you never know who that person's gonna be in life. So, you know, you got a minute, two minutes, just do what you gotta do. And so at the time, Kobe leaves Adidas to go to Nike. Mm -hmm. Gilbert is the face of Adidas basketball and and it has and it has the ability and selling shoes globally. Mm. And, so, and early on, because of my friendship with Adidas, you know, they threw Gil a bone. And But, you know, Gil, little fish become big fish. And I think yeah. Gil, because he was so quirky and he had such a fan base and he was big on social media early on that, you know, he had a great attraction. And uh, so, you know... Yeah, like this is before, because, you know, you had T-Mac, who was, who was basically number one in shoe selling, and then I'm just creeping because it was like I remember one of my shoes outsold T Mac in China, which never happened. So I went one, he went two. Yeah, so I remember I was negotiating and I was because I was with them for half a million dollars. So that was my contract. So we were um, I was like, if they offer me two, I'm I'm taking it. Two million a year, I'm taking it. So I was on a five hundred, you know, thousand dollar contract. So I was trying to get two million. So I remember trying to negotiate. I was like, listen, I'm gonna go in there, whatever number they throw out, I'm gonna pretend it's horrible, and I'm gonna walk out, follow my lead. Because <laughs> it was me, Paisley, and my dad at the time. So we didn't have Dan to do what Dan does. So I said, that's what we're gonna do. I don't give a shit what number they, they, they do not break. We're gonna leave, and then we're gonna go from there. So they start off, and they were like, um, all right, we think you deserve four million. <laughs> and they're kicking me under the table, and I'm like, get up, we're gonna walk out. So we get up, walk out, and I was like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know, I, that was a plan. We're gonna walk out, and we're gonna pretend that wasn't enough, and I was like, they doubled it, what the hell's going on? <laughs> so I go back to my room, and I'm like, what did I just do? We're in Vegas, I'm like, what the fuck did I just do? I, I think I messed this one up. And then um, Zach came in and said, listen, what's up? How much you want? And I was like, uh, five million. He was like, deal. I was like, really? Wow. Really? I was like, uh, how many years? He was like, how many years you need? Eight. Like, <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know wow. how to negotiate. I'm just throwing out shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, five, eight. He was like, all right, deal. Wow. OK, deal. Wow. As soon as he left, I'm like, <laughs> I know, I know. Like uh, I was going in there, I was happy with two. Was it a, two million a year <laughs> for four years? I didn't know what the 
That's you know, you know, I'm because you know I don't see myself with T Mac and all of them. You know, I'm, I'm making five hundred thousand with unlimited gear. That's fine with me. You know, so two million with unlimited gear is even better. And you guys know this. Players don't necessarily think like that. They don't <laughs> necessarily know their value on the market. And yeah, but, but 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 I think Gilbert proved because he was selling shoes, and not a lot of players in the NBA move shoes. And, and I bet you his jersey at one time was in the top. Three. Yeah, I was I was I was top three. With I was Kobe top three once. Yeah, I mean, I remember um, it was the 2008 Olympics. I wasn't actually on the Olympic team in China. I was number five. I was in front wow. of uh, LeBron James. I was in front of LeBron James, D Wade, Yao Ming, in jersey sales in 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 Beijing, and I wasn't even on the team. Got another question for Gilbert? <laughs> Fire away. Zero. The craziest thing you ever bought, and you go, God, I spent a lot of money in that. Other than that party? No, that no, that party was the the make my name bigger for that that, that well, Adidas a, contract. You had a, you had a fish Adidas tank. contract. You had a very expensive fish tank. The fish were expensive. Give me the craziest thing. Million dollar pool? Probably well, it was the pool and wall. Yeah. So I built the I, I built this wall, four hundred thousand dollars stoned wall, to keep people out, but I didn't have any neighbors. So it was it was it was just a dumb purchase. It was just one of those dumb purchases that I just didn't. That one one deal that I met I didn't do. My biggest regret was Tito's liquor. Wow. Tito's vodka. The guy, the guy came, um, reached out to me, and wanted me to be an investor and market his brand. Um, told me it's distilled seven times. Sent me a bunch of it. I gave it to teammates, but that part I didn't drink. So because I didn't drink, and you know the brands, you know athletes and liquor didn't seem like it went at that at that time. So it was more like, you know, um, vitamin water, Gatorade, you know, those type of family. You were family. with vitamin yeah. water. So it was like family friendly stuff. So, you know, having this vodka brand, I didn't, you know, I didn't see it. So I was like, ah, uh, you know, I'm going to pass on it in Tito's. <laughs> yeah. Where were you guys for that one? Yeah. I want to get out on this. I got something for you. One, one, we do one for the road. And we always talk about the best players in the league come from LA. It's no coincidence. We know why. As pioneers of the LA landscape, why do you think the best players are from LA? Uh, the talent here is unbelievable. The, the, you know, the competition, population, and, and California is, is, you know, with all the private schools now here, from Modern Day to Sierra Canyon, you know, there's great schools and great coaches. And well, Clay Thompson, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, probably the three of the top ten players are from Los Angeles area. James Harden. James Harden, excuse me. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. That's my bad. Yeah, that's Russell what I'm saying. We, we, is, yeah. That's the all-star, but remember, that's the all-star game. That's the Olympic team. You know, you got love. Yeah, you got Tyson Chandler. You got, you know, the holidays. Yeah, you got, and, but that's what I'm saying. Holidays. You, you got the holiday boys. Because we can play all year round. Yeah. You know, we can play all year Wire, round. We're yeah. playing in gyms. You know, like, we don't play outside. We play in gyms. Spencer Dewey. Yeah. Yeah. So our fundamentals, you know, our fundamentals, yeah. And then you still got Nick the Young, you got the Jordan big farmer. And that's just my group. That's me. We're not even talking about the Baron Davis, the Paul Pierce, and yeah. Tayshawn Prince. You're not even talking about the LA kids. 
Like it's you know, it's just the basketball here is we're 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 all around. We have the all-around game. Shoot, you know, we we rarely have guys who come from here who can't shoot. You know, most of our guys are shooters, we're athletic, we have the skill, we have the finesse, you know, type of game versus East Coast, they're dribblers, they can't shoot. You know, versus, you know, Chicago, jumping beans. You know, so we have the, we have a little, we're balanced. That's what it is, we're more balanced. We wanted to hear from you guys. You know, yeah. we'll give you the final balanced. say on it. Balanced it is. We're balanced. Thanks again, Gil. Thank you. Thank you. Home Brothers, we want to thank you guys for coming on. This was a long time yeah. in the works and definitely thank worth the wait. like to know um, from you guys, like, how would Gilbert Arenas think his career would have been if he would have never have gotten injured? Well, if I mean, if I didn't get injured, um, I have to gauge my my style versus the styles that's in now. So somewhere along what Dame Leonard is doing and um, Harden, you know, so I possibly could have you know, um, led the league in scoring. I'm sure I would have led the league in scoring at uh, one point. Um, you know, MVP is off of, you know, team stats. So, you know, uh, depending on what the team would have looked like at that moment in time, um, probably could have pulled one of those out. But for sure, I would have pulled out um, uh, scoring champ. I would have had one of those. And who are the best X's and O coaches that he's played for in the NBA and that he's played against? The best X's and O's coach I played for would have to be, of course, Eddie Jordan. Um, you know, he had the Princeton style where um, everyone is, you know, everyone has to think, everyone's equal opportunity, um, reaction. You know, it's, you know, reaction um, technique. Um, I'll say Musselman because, you know, he started my 1-4 flat, you know, uh, career in the NBA where um, when when um, he seen it was real mismatches as he, he actually went to him. Um, Stan Van Gundy had great... Um, X's and O's out of out of bounds. I mean, off of timeouts and out of bounds, he had great plays that he drew up that actually was successful. Um, you know, so I, you know, the, the the coaches I played for, those would be the three that I can you know think off top that they were great. Now, great, great X's and O's coaches that I played against would be, of course, Pop. Um, you know, um, he had great plays. Um, I mean, you know, Phil Jackson and, um, you know, the triangle, you know, obviously was great. Um, well, I was going to say Sacramento, but that was also Eddie Jordan's um, offense up there. Oh, I don't, I don't know who was coach, and I can't think of who was coaching at the time, but Atlanta, when Joe Johnson was there, I mean, the plays Joe Johnson had as a two guard was amazing. Um, I don't know what coach that was at that time, but I, I, was, I, I think it was Lenny, but I'm not sure. But he had 
great plays. Um, like, I mean, it was backdoors, cut, flare screens. I mean, he has some great, um, great plays for Joe Johnson. Um, who would he have liked to have played for? The coach I would have liked to play for would have, you know what? I can't even do that. I mean, you know, I like the coaches I had. You know, um, they believed in my talent. They, um, you know, they, they let me be who I, you know, who I am. They let me be who I was. So, you know, to say I would have liked to play for another coach, you know, is disrespectful to the coaches that I actually did play for that, you know, that I had success with. So I wouldn't have played. I wouldn't have liked to play for anybody else. And who were the coaches that he learned the game from? Um, coaches I've learned the game from will be actually every single coach. You know, um, every coach is different. Every coach has a different technique, different style, um, different methods. Um, so, you know, to be great at anything, you have to pick apart and, you know, uh, put together your own masterpiece from all the coaches you take from. So, you know, I think I've, you know, I, I learned a lot from all the coaches that I've, I've ever came across. You know, I don't, I don't say there's bad coaches. I say there's bad coaches for certain players. Um, you know, all coaches have their favorite player. You, if you wasn't one of them, in your mind, he was a bad coach. You know, so, but you just gotta, you know, take what that coach is delivering and then just add it to your, your, your perspective. No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. I'm Mike Botticello, Gilbert Arenas. See you next time.